Hi, I'm Julia Merritt, and this is my podcast, Talking Life and Death, which aims to break down taboos around talking about death, dying and bereavement. In each episode, I invite friends, family and medical professionals to share their experiences with death. Stories about their loved ones and how they've managed the process of grief, the good and the bad, the sad and the uplifting. We also talk about how music plays a role in remembering and celebrating those we have lost. You can subscribe to my podcast wherever you listen to them, and if you wish, leave a message. I hope you've enjoyed the episode, and if you want to get in touch, you can find me on Twitter at death underscore talking or at talkinglifeanddeath.com. Thanks so much for listening. So here it is, my first podcast on a subject that has been my passion for the past two years, bereavement. It may sound like an odd subject, but it's something that has touched me, angered me, inspired me and upset me. But through all of that, it has made me want to make a difference. The reason it's taken me two years to get round to doing this was because I guess I wasn't I just wasn't ready. Um, time really has been a healer in order for me to get my head straight and channel my thoughts and ideas and feelings about what I experienced into a force for good. So this podcast, and I hope the discussions and resources that I'm developing around it, is all about doing something positive out of a pretty rubbish situation. I want to make a difference and share my experiences to help others. I guess it's really as simple as that. So a bit about me. I'm Julia. I'm 43 and I'm married to a fab guy and we have two children. And if I'm honest, I feel really lucky. Up until 2017, I have pretty much skipped through life. We have had the kind of what I'd call standard experience of death and dying up until this point elderly family, grandparents, friends of friends. So when I experienced the shock of losing someone really close in a very sudden way, it literally turned my life upside down. So why am I talking about death? What's what's my story? So in the summer 2017, one of my closest friends died suddenly. To say it was a shock was an understatement. As I said earlier, and I think to many people, until death comes knocking, you realise how blissfully ignorant and unaware you are to what it feels like to lose someone. Other people refer to being part of a club, kind of club I guess no one wants to join, but suddenly you are in it and it's overwhelming. Being able to articulate this and get it into some form of coherent story has taken time taking me time and it's really only now I feel ready and able to talk about it. I will point out that I don't go into details about my friend. This uh, is a learning for me and I realise that I am one step removed. So I have a bit of emotional distance. So she was my friend and a great one at that, but she wasn't my sister or my mum or my daughter. So out of respect to her family, who know that I'm I'm doing this and I'm talking about her, this podcast is around my experience of losing her and how I have experienced and continue to deal with grief and loss. In the immediate aftermath of hearing the news, I 
try to keep everything going. I suppose you could call it denial, but the classic go-to of keeping busy, doing lots of things, organizing, helping out, allowed me to concentrate on anything but the truth of her dying. I had a job to do and that actually did help. Um, I went back to work quite quickly, um, literally two days afterwards, and threw myself into it just to just to keep going. It was is almost a way of sort of numbing it all. And work was also crazy busy at that particular time. To be fair, work had been getting harder and harder for me for a while. Um, so I guess it was no surprise <laughs> that about two weeks after she died, I crashed out of work and had a bit of a breakdown, I suppose. It sounds a bit dramatic and odd to even say it, but I just hit a wall and I couldn't cope with anything. Now, I am not proud of myself to admit that in the past, when I used to hear of people being off work sick for stress or anxiety or things like that, I used to be pretty sceptical. My view was that we were all stressed and that that was just the way it was. But then suddenly it was me and I was experiencing it. My head was fizzing. I just couldn't focus. I couldn't make any decisions. I had heart palpitations and I just cried all the time. So I guess it was grief, shock, stress, anxiety, everything all rolled into one and and I didn't really know what to do. Um, so I did what I normally do and basically tried to fix it all. I rushed out um, and I went to a reflexologist because I'd I'd read somewhere, good old Google, um, that that might help. But I just cried all the time. <laughs> it was it was a nice foot rub, but it it didn't really do what I was thinking it would. Um, I then did a course of uh, six Chinese acupuncture and cupping sessions. Uh, again, thinking that all of these kind of interventions would sort me out, but a bit of a spoiler alert, they didn't. Um, again, just kept crying. Um, then I rushed into an NLP session, a neuro-linguistic programming, and I just talked and cried. And I realised now it was completely too soon and I was just kind of clutching at straws. But the reality was I was trying to fix the unfixable. The shock and the grief I was feeling wouldn't go away with a foot rub and essential oils or anything else I was throwing at it. I just had to go with it. And for someone like me who is a bit of a control freak, this was pretty hard. Around this time, uh, about eight weeks after she died, we had a celebration for her. And this was a really special day. Um, and for me, it really helped in dealing with things. Again, I will stress that this is about how it helped me. And it did help me to start to move forward. So it was about this sort of time that I started to see a CBT counsellor. I was still signed off from work. And I started seeing a lovely lady on a weekly basis. I'd never had therapy, if you like, before, and my kind of go-to was things like Frasier episodes, um, but obviously this was pretty far removed from that. So if I'm honest, it kind of took me a bit of a while to get into 
and understand the process of this particular counselling, which happened to be CBT, cognitive behavioural therapy, and how it all kind of worked. And as I sort of have so often done in the past, I was looking for the magic treatment, something that would fix everything um, quickly. But I was starting to learn that this this doesn't really exist. It took a while, but talking about what had happened both with my friend and with work, I started to work out what I wanted and how I needed time and to look at things differently. I learned to be more grateful of normal things, the everyday, and to stop setting my own expectations so high, appreciating things more, uh, allowing myself to slow down and take time, be with my family, and also it allowed me to grieve and consider how I wanted to move forward. I realised then that I needed and wanted to make some bigger changes in my life and that my current work wasn't allowing me to be the person or the mum that I wanted to be. So I made the decision in January 2018 to leave work and started to explore work around death, dying and bereavement. This took me um, to a few different places. It took me to a conference, uh, Dying Matters, which is an amazing organisation. And there I met funeral directors, celebrants, and other amazingly inspirational women, all who are doing really positive work. And it made me realise that I wanted to do something too. One of the first things I started to do was to sort of sort out my own affairs, something that I'd learnt that not many people had in place. Um, And I sat down with my parents and had the chat about their end of life plans, what sort of things they had in place, where things were kept, all those sorts of things. And to be fair, my my mum is really organised, so she pretty much had everything sorted already. But there were some things I didn't know. For example, I'd, uh, I'd assumed my dad would want his ashes to be taken back to where he was born. But by talking to them, I found out he didn't want that. Um, so it kind of made me realise that these conversations were really good, meaningful and helpful, and that my starting and that by starting that conversation has been good and to be able to be more open and not afraid to talk about plans after all it's it's pretty likely it will be me and my siblings who will be sorting things out in the future for my parents as they get older i then started doing a bit of freelance marketing but i quickly realized that it was a bit too much too soon for me had a massive anxiety attack and had to pull out of my contract. This was over the summer. And this was really hard for me and it felt like a real setback. I just felt like a failure. I felt like I'd let myself down. I'd let the agency I was working for down. I'd let my husband down. So I went back to my CBT sessions um, to kind of help me make sense of what happened and, and how I could move on from it. And I kind of likened my anxiety to like a broken arm. So having experienced a break, I had healed to a degree, but I was weaker than I was before. So going back into a fast-paced sort of work environment before I was really ready not to be back quickly. So I was able, luckily, to take the rest of the summer off and to be with my children. And then I started to do some freelance work with the Good Grief Trust. So the Good Grief Trust uh, is a small charity that is run by the bereaved, for the bereaved, 
and is an umbrella organisation bringing together all bereavement services and support via an online interactive map so you can search for help near you. And uh, they were also in the process of setting up grief cafes to be used as a tool to promote sharing stories and support. This introduction to the charity sector in an area I was interested in, uh, which is bereavement, was a great experience. And in January 2019, I started doing some work for another charity called Willow. And this is where I still am, 12 months on, and I love it. It allows me to do meaningful, interesting work, fits around my children, but also allows me to further explore this whole subject of grief. So it's been a bit of a journey over the past two years, shock and loss, some highs, lots of lows, but mostly a lot of learning about myself, about grief, how to process it. And it's finally allowed me to channel all of this into something positive, which is Talking Life and Death. So Talking Life and Death is a platform to share resources, support, experiences, ideas, and through my website, talkinglifeanddeath.com, and through these podcasts. It's early days, but I have so many ideas around what I'd like to do to support those who are bereaved, those who want to get organized, plan for their own end of life, and those who need to plan and support friends and relatives at the end of life. It's all definitely work in progress, and I call it my passion project, something that I'm doing alongside my other work in the charity sector, which I love, and also being a mum too. So I hope this has given you a bit of an insight into me and the journey and how I got here. So thanks for listening. That was Talking Life and Death with me, Julia Merritt. For rights reasons, unfortunately, I can't play any of the music that we may refer to during the episode. However, in the show notes for each episode, I've listed the artist and track so you can search for it and have a listen. Enjoy.